It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills. From the studios of WATH, this is a sports fan on 970, 97.1 FM. Connor Mills alongside Joe Medora, bringing it up until 7 o'clock today on this 6th day of July. 6.06 on the clock and 95 degrees and sunny outside. It's a sports fan presented by JK Contracting. A big welcome into the program and a big happy birthday to the broadcast partner for the past two summers uh, in Joe Medora. Uh, we won't go age, we won't let anybody know how old you are, but we will <laughs> let people know uh, that it is your birthday today. So, happy birthday. It's good to, again, you know, have you on the sports fan today. Yeah, thank you. Uh, last summer was a little different because we had to drive all the way out to Cincinnati on my birthday, and that was uh, a fun trip. But, um, yeah, just had a pretty uh, relaxing day so far, so, you know, it's been uh, it's been pretty good. Yeah, so far, so good today. And, you know, i got to say, you know, Athens did have a, uh, a nice... You know, weekends to, uh, you know, they, they had a nice weekend. They were able to, you know, win a couple of ball games. Uh, but the Athens attack uh, went 2-1 and one on the weekend, make it 2-2 uh, two and two with that friendly game that they had earlier on. But we'll get into Athens in just a little bit because it's time to talk a little bit about basketball with Michael Roth. Roth, how are you? Good to have you on the sports fan. I know he, I pushed the button. He should be on, unless he hung up already. Uh, can you tell us, Mike, is, uh, is Roth on with us? That's what he says. I mean. <laughs> uh, let's see. I got all the buttons pushed down right here, and uh, no no Roth to be found. So, unless he's talking now. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll get back to Roth in just a little bit. Ohio basketball did have a couple of new players that they signed for this upcoming season, and we'll break that down a little bit later on in the Sportsman program uh, when we have uh, Roth on with us. Uh, however, right for now, uh, back to the Athens attack. And for Athens again, they won game one, six to two, dropped game two, 11 to six. Uh, Jack Cornwell pitched in game three and picked up the win, five to three victory, and then Athens lost five to three on Sunday in that kind of consolation friendly game that, you know, Athens really didn't have, uh, you know, what they did was kind of cool though in that last game, even though we weren't there to cover it, uh, they let the players pick the positions that they wanted to play, and everybody on the team was able to play in that game. Uh, again, only losing by two, five to three, but at that point, it's a consolation game. It does matter, uh, and what this season has really been for Athens is you know, playing for one final time with everybody before they all go off to college and trying to bring some kind of sense of normalcy to uh, this COVID-19 uh, pandemic world that we find ourselves in. Yeah, it was a it was a tough go of it for them in the first couple. I mean, they won two of three of their uh, games to try to become one of the top two seeds to move on to play uh, in the semifinal game in that tournament. Like, start there was a 28th annual uh, July 4th tournament they have up there, and we thought that if they won their second game, uh, they'd be in pretty decent shape and end up, uh, you know, moving on. And then they ended up winning that game. We weren't there to cover it, but they played good baseball in the couple games that we saw them play. And, uh, you know, when we heard they were 2-1, and one, I know me and you were talking, we were like, oh, okay, well, I guess we'll be back up here on uh, Sunday. And uh, some people in the press box at the field told us as well that they thought uh, they'd see us back on Sunday to play elimin- uh, in one of the elimination games. 
but run differential unfortunately kept them out. So it was uh, it was tough because you know usually if you win two of three of your round robin games or, or pool play games or something like that, you can uh, you're able to move on and play in elimination uh, baseball. But unfortunately, since they were only taking the top two teams from each of the divisions, Athens unfortunately was third due to run differential. So the team that they beat Troy ended up getting it over them. And it was unfortunate, too, because Athens, I think, did everything right. It just was that other team that didn't pick up a win. You know, you at least hope to go into the Lancaster tournament. You play at Beavers Field. It's a nice field, nice location there. Uh, you know, it's something where for for Athens, I'm sure they enjoy playing on that field. But, uh, you know, that one team that didn't win any ball games kind of hurt Athens because and hurt whoever else because they, uh, you know, it came down to run differential. It didn't just come down to the win-loss. Uh, so whatever it is, uh, Athens really had to, you know, their, their hands were tied at that point. Yeah, I mean, you can't really ask. It, I always say this in wrestling, you know, you can always ask one person to go out there and win. It's a different thing if you're trying to get them to go out and get bonus points. And for those that know wrestling, uh, you know, it's you get a, a regular decision, that's three points of the team. If you get a major decision, that's four, uh, tech fall five, and pin six. Uh, but the most that a coach could ever ask for somebody to go out there and do is win the ball game, and Athens did that. You know, they won two games out of three. Uh, they were able to get those two wins, but you know, when you come down to criteria or when you come down to what the run differential is, that's kind of a hard situation to find yourself in because at the end of the day, you still won as many games as the other team, uh, but you know, you're not in it because you know, somebody else scored more runs than you. And while, yes, if you're going down that far and you have the same record, that might be fair, uh, but it still isn't great for the team that gets left out of the championship round. Yeah, so it was Athens went 2-1, and one, Troy went 2-1, and one, and who, what the other team go, went 3-0, uh, and oh, yeah? The team uh, at Athens, who did Athens lose to? I'm trying to, well, oh, was, the team from Hilliard. It was 2-1, 2-1, 2-1. Oh, so they all went 2-1. and one. And then 0-3. Oh, so Athens... <laughs> Yeah. Lost to Hilliard. Hilliard lost to Troy, and Athens beat Troy. Is that what happened? And they uh, all beat Lancaster. Yeah. Lancaster. Yep. Sorry, I can't ever get used to that. Yeah, it's it's different because you have Lancaster, Ohio. you got Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's sure. the one I know of. Right. And, uh, yeah, but you get heavily corrected around here if you say Lancaster, <laughs> Ohio. So Right. It's just like the different dialects, Chauncey or Chansey. Uh, you know, it's diff- different things in different areas. But uh, you know, up, up in Lancaster... Um, you know, again, that one team that didn't win any games it came down to the top three teams that kind of all, all right, win two games here. One game, uh, Athens wins, and the other game, uh, you know, somebody else wins. Uh, Hilliard beats Athens. Troy uh, lost. Troy Troy lost Athens, right? Yeah, that was, first, that was game one. Yeah, it was game one by a score of 6-2. to two. Yeah, Reese Wallace pitched a complete yep. game in that one. I yep. mean, we could break down the games. I mean, just talking about that one, uh, it was kind of a classic Athens game from this summer. Classic one of their wins, I should say. You know, every time I feel like they win, they have a pretty solid pitch performance. They give up one or two or maybe three runs, but the, and then they will always have that just that one big inning. And in that game, it was a second inning. They scored six runs, and uh, that's all they needed. Uh, they had other opportunities to, to you know, um, add on more runs. They had bases loaded a couple times in that game. were just weren't able to get the hit to completely blow the game open. You know, they didn't they didn't completely put Troy away. It looked like they were the clear better team. But um, just uh, you know, they had opportunities to. Uh, there were run rules like I think it was like twelve after three, and then like eight after five. And <laughs> right, we all thought 
after that one inning, I was like, well, they'll at least get to eight after the fifth inning, and they had plenty of chances too, but unfortunately it didn't happen. But, you know, Wallace pitched a great game. Uh, Peyton Gale had a great effort in that game. Uh, he had a really good tournament overall, to be honest. I remember the two games we watched, I believe he had five hits. Right. I know his his batting average was below 300 entering into that tournament. i got to imagine, you know, if we look at the season stats now, that with those base hits, his on-base percentage was north of 400. You know, it was... It was Higher than that, uh, and, and as a leadoff batter, you can't ask for much more out of your kid uh, because if he gets on base consistently, then you know, that's what you ask for out of a leadoff guy. He's got speed. He can steal second, steal third. Um, so he had a really nice tournament. Um, you know, and, and I, I think a lot of a lot of guys did. I remember uh, you know, Jinder had a, had a good day at the plate when he had those two RBIs. Uh, you know, they, I think it was some of the best baseball that Athens played so far to this point in the season, and the season is close to, to ending. I mean, come Sunday, uh, the whole Athens attack team in 2020, the, the books are closed. Uh, but they did a nice job in Game 1. Game 2 is a little bit more difficult, uh, giving up the two uh, three runs in both the top of the first and the second, and uh, they really had a battle back ever since then. Yeah, and then thinking about the second game uh, that we called, it, it, they got away from just a little bit, you know, had a rocky first inning where they scored decent amount of runs, but they battled back, they made it close, and then uh, that the top of the seventh inning is what really uh, did it for Athens, because I believe, uh, you know, they scored at least three or four runs, pushed the lead out to 11-5 to five at that point. It took a miracle of a rally for Athens to come back and win. I think they did get one back in the bottom of the seventh, but one of the lose 11-6, to six, the deficit was just a little bit too much in that game. That team could really hit the ball, that Hilliard team. I mean, they were attacking. I mean, they had multiple guys with four hits. The one guy cranked the three-run homer down the line. He also hit another one off the wall later in the game. They, uh, they were a good team. Yeah, they were a uh, a complete team, and uh, I think Troy was the one who to make it all the way to the final. Uh, and again, Athens beat Troy. That's two tournaments in a row now. The team yeah. that Athens beat right. ends up in the championship game. And that's gotta one, be. That's gotta also sting too. To be this honest. one was a runner-up though. I mean, at least Troy didn't go on and win the thing. Uh, yeah, uh, Troy, they were there. Troy lost to the Lancaster Post, what are they, 81? 11. 11. The Post. one that the team that Athens played earlier this summer. Yeah, the one with the doubleheader. Yeah. Uh, so Athens, yeah, again, they, they were right in there. And, of course, with baseball, anything can happen in any given day. And I mentioned a little bit about you know, Peyton Gale and, and the on-base percentage and the hitting. I'm trying to take a look at the season stats quickly in front of me right now. Uh, Trevor was able to send them over. And for Peyton Gale, batting 288. And a 4.39 on base percentage, which is pretty pretty good. I mean, the team overall is batting 2.96, uh, 4.11 on base percentage. So it's it's overall team effort, and Athens is doing exceptionally well at the plate. And uh, you know, just a couple fielding errors, a couple mental errors out in the fields, and you know, this this team could be well above 500. Um, but they're nine to nine right now, and, and a chance to have a winning record come this this weekend. I think it, the one thing that stood out the most to me is out of all the teams that we've seen them play and all in this pretty much this southeastern Ohio area, they've played a team from Kentucky in the last tournament. No one is like, I mean, I can't st- say, everyone's on like a pretty level playing field. I haven't seen one team just absolutely tear through everybody else. And sometimes you can see that in Legion Ball. There's just one team that's, you know, loaded up with a bunch of really talented guys and they kind of just run through whoever they play. But uh, it hasn't really seen that in uh, this kind of the group of teams we've seen Athens play this year. I mean, Athens had a couple bad losses, but there is but uh, in the same token, they in they were in a doubleheader 
in that series, and they went on to win the other game with a doubleheader. There's never really been a team that I was, when I left, I would say, yeah, this team was just flat out better because I mean they're just they're a really competitive team. I mean it's just really sometimes the ball doesn't bounce their way, sometimes it does. They do. One thing that is uh, kind of an issue is sometimes they struggle to get a big hit when they really need to. But uh, usually it's not a pro- usually they have the pitching that uh, keeps them in the game no matter what. They throw a lot of strikes, and I mean they they hit the ball. They get runners on base pretty easily. I mean they get double-digit hits, I feel like, almost every game. It's just, uh, at times, they struggle to move them around. Right, and uh, I, I believe it was that first game against Troy where Athens had you know, bases loaded. They were looking like they were going to get that 12 runs uh, pretty easily within three, and uh, they get the bases loaded, then they left them loaded, uh, but it was like three runners left on base, three runners left on base, and then two runners left on base, I think, uh, dating back to the second inning, because um, they left the second inning, and after that, you know, there was three left on base. In the next inning, they got the bases loaded and left a couple men on base. Then after that, uh, they had even more uh, left on base. So they had the opportunities to go out there and really break the game open. But at the end of the day, they still got that win and still put themselves in, I thought, was pretty fair position. I mean, we thought that you know leaving Lancaster on Saturday, uh, coming back and enjoying the 4th of July, uh, coming back, we thought, hey, you know, th- this Athens team, I think, will be back here on Sunday. And to, to call the game and, and mean more than just you know that uh, quote unquote friendly game or that consolation game, um, but still, I think they did a nice job this weekend. They're bringing some momentum. Uh, their next game will be on Wednesday, starting at I believe 6:30 is what the game plan is because they're going to have some kind of uh, a senior ceremony. Right, uh, Wednesday's game is a 6:30 start with a small senior ceremony uh, at 6 p.m. Uh, Trevor says nothing formal. So it'll be something nice, something that you know people can go back and remember as their senior day. Um, even though it's their senior day, you know, not during the school year, they still get to enjoy the moment with their parents out on Randall Fields uh, against Parkersburg on Wednesday. Uh, and then they've got games Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, two on Friday, two on Saturday, and have their last game of the season, which is guaranteed on Sunday, which we will uh, broadcast as that would be the last game of the season. Uh, but that's a nine o'clock in the morning game. You got to get up early on Sunday to make it out to Chillicothe, Joey. Ah, sheesh. I don't know if you're gonna get me up for that one. Might have to call in a reliever for the for the last inning. Yeah, we'll, we'll try. We'll reach out to Troy. Try to get him on at least for the Wednesday game, right? And we had uh, Trevor no, Stevens uh, on. Call, yeah, Troy. If Troy wants Sunday game, Troy, if you're listening, you want it, you got it. <laughs> yeah, all over nine a.m. Chillicothe. Oh God, I mean, I gotta wake up at like seven. And drive all the way out. Well, there. not even a, over at seven. What? It's about an hour drive, right? So we get there. Yeah, I guess seven o'clock. Uh, we get there by eight. And get ready for the ball game. Um, but it would be an early game. Uh, as the schedule uh, looks again, we'll uh, we'll update you as, as possible uh, what the broadcast schedule will be like. But however, the, for the upcoming sports schedule uh, for the Athens Attack again Wednesday, starting at six thirty, first pitch, uh, six twenty or just about will be. Uh, the start of the Athens broadcast. Then on Friday, they've got two games. Their first game is at 9 o'clock in the morning versus the Dayton Classics, uh, and then a 2 p.m. game versus the Ohio Bison. And this is a different Bison team that we've been talking about. Uh, that's a college team. Uh, of course, Athens, you know, 19 and under is not going to go against the Ohio Bison that uh, our friend Andrew Allison has been calling games for. Uh, but that's the Bison is kind of like an organization, uh, and yeah. they have a youth, uh, you know, Multiple levels of, of baseball. Yeah, basically what... It, I mean, it's like a whole program. Like, that's usually how travel t- 
teams are. They have like age groups going all the way down. It's like a whole big uh, system, and uh, I, I, that's why I was always confused about it because when the Lincoln County Settlers became the Ohio Bison, it was just weird because none of the other like GLSCL teams, they're all their own entity. They're not like tied into like a little league uh, type travel well, program. I think they're affiliated with the YMCA there, aren't they? Over yeah. Well I, well, I remember when we went there last summer, they always had I saw the Ohio Bison like logo on the outfit. The Bison were already a thing. It's just that I guess they just inherited the, the Settlers and then Settlers just became the Ohio Bison too. But yeah. I mean, I don't think any other GLSEL team that we traveled to had any situation like that that I remember. I mean, no. they were they're they're like their own uh, organizations. Usually, the summer collegiate teams. Right, like the Copperheads might be affiliated a little bit with Ohio University, especially with the work that they do behind the scenes. Uh, the team, in and of itself, is not you know Ohio affiliated. It's you know, its own entity. Uh, same thing where the, the St. Clair Green Giants up in Canada. You know that team. Uh, it's sort of affiliated with the college, but they're their own entity. That would be the only thing that's kind of similar, but there's not, like, multiple levels. There's not uh, anything. You know, it's not like the, the Copperheads have a youth team that they train and, and have uh, people play over right, at Bob right. Ray. Exactly. Also, like, the, it's also kind of, like, usually when it's stuff like that, it's always like, okay, yeah, we're going to move all the way up, and then eventually I'll play for the college team. But right. obviously not every 14-year-old. I mean, maybe they got studs up there. I don't know. Don't watch them play. But I'm going to imagine not every 14U kid that plays for the Ohio Bison is going to someday play for the summer collegiate Bison team. That's why it's a little You think it would be cool to start like a little, uh, you know, maybe, what, what was it, like a, a Legion team or like a, a summer team and just have like a youth Copperheads team? I think that could be cool. Yeah, it'd be cool, but, like, it's just, you can't guarantee that they're going to eventually someday, like, so when, the reason, like, rec centers and stuff like that, they named it after, like, the local high school's mascot, it's because they want to try to get the kids to go play for their local high school because they've been the high school's mascot ever since they were little. It's not like that, like, you can't guarantee every uh, young kid that is, like, within the Ohio Bison or the Copperheads is something similar. You can't guarantee all those kids are going to eventually play summer college we're going to eventually play college baseball in general because you need to be on a college roster to play for teams like the Copperheads. I mean, what if you had, like, like a little feeder system, right? Like, you go all the way up, and then maybe, just maybe, you can go up into the next level. Because I, I know for at least the Alaskan Baseball League, right, the, the league that Brad and I broadcasted uh, not last year but two years ago now, uh, the summer of 2018, uh, they had, uh, you needed to have four, or you could have, there's four designated spots Alaskan natives, right? And those people you know, could go and, and don't have to be a college player. They could be within the age range, and they could go on and play on this team, which just had uh, the fourth overall pick in Asa Lacey, who went to the Kansas City Royals uh, not too long ago in the MLB draft. Uh, but, I mean, that's kind of maybe, I don't know, maybe guarantee a spot. It's a little for different, though. They're, they're allowing non-college kids to play. Right, but I mean, most of those leagues don't spots. do that. Like the Cape Cod League wouldn't say, "Hey, if you're from Nantucket, you want to play baseball for a summer, you're going to come play with us." I think it'd be a good idea, though. I mean, you raise interest, you raise even more interest in the local area because, let's say, you know, Nate Trainer comes and plays for the Copperheads one day, right? Like, yeah, that'd be. Interesting. Who wouldn't want to go out and, and watch Nate? That's almost like you know Joe Burrow playing you know, okay. football over at Cincinnati because okay. you're going to go watch him play football. <laughs> okay, uh, a- even if you weren't a, a Bengals fan, but if you're an Athens fan, you might want to go over there. That's that's kind of what I'm comparing it to. You know, if you're a fan of somebody growing up, 
and you watch them all the way through, and if now they're playing at another level, say the Copperheads or say, you know, some other summer team, and you got free time on your hands now, why not? You know, you go out and you watch, watch the game. Yeah, I mean, maybe that would work. I guess it'd be something interesting to try out. But, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think it'd be cool. Um, yeah, maybe in the future, obviously not right now, because we're, again, middle of a pandemic. Uh, but to round out the Athens schedule right now, Saturday, 11.30 versus Guernsey County uh, at VA Stadium. And then a 4.30 game versus Troy. So they have a rematch against Troy uh, on Saturday at 4.30. That one will be at Hoffman Fields. Uh, and then they wrap up their season this Sunday, 9 o'clock, 9 in the morning, uh, versus Chillicothe. Uh, so it'll be a you know, jam-packed weekend. Two games on Friday, two games Saturday, one game Sunday. We will most likely only have, and probably will only have, uh, one game on the airwaves Friday, one game on the air Saturday, and then, of course, wrap up the season 9 o'clock in the morning. That cut into the, the programming for Sunday morning memories. Uh, but if it's the last game, we got to have the last game of the season on air. Uh, so that would be 9 o'clock uh, coming up on Sunday. We'll take a short break on the sports fan. On the other side, we'll discuss a little bit about Ohio basketball. Uh, and much more as Patrick Mahomes signs a NFL record deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. All that and more coming up as you're listening to the Sportsman on 970 97.1 FM WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. We believe you should feel safe and comfortable while managing your health care needs. That's why we've put all the tools you need right at your fingertips in the Ohio Health app. Use it to refill prescriptions, access your medical records, and learn more about our telehealth video visits, all without leaving the safety and comfort of your home. Download our app today at ohiohealth.com slash mobile app. In association with Gruiser Realty and Building. Larry Conrath, he sells farms. Larry Conrath, he sells farms. Larry Conrath, he sells farms. 5913015. What was that number again? I said 5913015. You are listening to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. It's a sports fan right here on 970 WATH. Mills of the Mike along with Joe Madure on this Monday, the 6th day of July. Can't believe it's already July. Uh, it's, it has been a, uh, it's been a long month. It's been a long couple of months. Uh, but the one thing that we can always look forward to when it comes for the fall, when it comes to the winter, uh, especially now as uh, Jeff Bowles has taken the reign of the Ohio Bobcats, uh, but Bobcat basketball, of course, we enjoy women's basketball, men's basketball, and all the all the winter sports. But the basketball team this year uh, was a fun surprise to watch and enjoy. And who better to bring it on uh, than the sports director over at WOUB? We got Michael Roth on the phone lines now. And uh, Roth, it's good to have you on the airwaves. How have you been? Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, Connor. I've uh, I've been good. That's good. And uh, you know, for uh, 
for Ohio men's basketball right now. I mean, they released on Twitter kind of the jersey numbers and the names for the kids who are uh, you know, new to the program and who have just kind of signed, uh, which includes Dwight Wilson the uh, third, Sam Towns, Jalen White, uh, Riven Miguel, and Colin Granger. Uh, you know what? What can you really tell us and uh, share with us about a couple of these new recruits for the Bobcats? Yes, so um, four of them are going to be eligible immediately for the 2020-2021 season, assuming there is a college basketball season. Uh, the one that won't will be Dwight Wilson. He's a transfer from James Madison University, I do believe. Um, he averaged 9.8 points and 9.3 around the game, uh, a physical power forward. Um, but he, unfortunately, will have to sit out uh, next season due to uh, NCAA transfer rules, but he will uh, he will be looking to play a major piece during his senior season during the 2021-2022 season. Uh, in terms of the other players, Sam Downs is only native of Ohio among the group. He played his high school basketball at Pickerington Central, or at least his senior season at Pickerington Central. Um, he spent his freshman through junior campaign uh, around the Dayton area. Um, he then decided to go the prep route, where he averaged 22 points and 10 rebounds uh, a game. He's a 6 foot 9 kind of stretch forward, probably going to be uh, a little similar to Nate Springs in terms of uh, the size, length, shooting ability, but skinny and a little rough. So he, uh, he'll probably fit in that role. Uh, not playing a ton early. I- I'd be surprised if he uh, got a lot of time immediately out the gate, but he's got a, he's got a lot of potential with uh, with that size and that shooting ability. And then, uh, yeah, you mentioned Riffin Miguel. Miguel played for an elite junior college uh, down in Florida, Tallahassee Community College. They had, um, I believe, eight Division One players last year. So despite the fact that he came off the bench, he was uh, playing next to a lot of talented players. So he's another guy, being at six foot eight, going to provide some nice size. Uh, that seems to be what, uh, what Jeff Bowles has really prioritized adding size because, uh, like Dwight Wilson, six foot nine, same time, six foot nine, Miguel, six foot eight, um, and then Colin Granger. Another kid coming straight out of high school. He, he's a six foot eight power forward. Uh, Jalen White is a real guard wing, and he still stands at six foot five. So it seems like the Bobcats are going to be rolling with a lot of the guards that you saw play last season, uh, headlined by Jason Preston. But also, I would expect big minutes for not only London McDay but also Ben Roderick and Miles Brown to really step into their roles during their sophomore campaigns. And what? really can you expect let's let's say everything goes right right let's say we make it through the fall let's say ohio is is bringing students on campus and there's minimal fans inside the convocation center right because we right now we don't know you know what the scenario will be uh come this fall for for winter i mean harvard even just canceled uh their their in-person classes for their students and they went to solely online uh just for the 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 uh fall 2020 as they near into 2020 2021 i mean harvard's already making the move of one college moves i think everybody's going to move uh but let's let's throw that out the window right now let's say in a perfect world for the ohio bombcats right uh what do you think the expectations are in year number two for jeff Bowles and his new recruiting class i would say expectations should be top four in the mid-american conference it's a it's going to be a, a pretty balanced 
league next season. Um, I don't think you're going to see any team as strong as maybe Akron was last season. They had a ton of seniors. Uh, I would say right now the the top four in the MAC is probably going to be Bowling Green, Buffalo, Ohio, and then it's going to be a battle. Uh, Those three kind of separate themselves, and then the next uh, couple teams, Miami of Ohio, uh, Akron, and then Eastern Michigan and Ball State, those are probably the the other teams that are going to be looking to finish in the top half of the conference. So uh, I would say expectations for the Bobcats would be to finish top four should definitely be a goal, and it's not out of the realm of possibility that uh, Ohio should be a uh, top two team in the Mid-American Conference next year that uh, that would not be outside of uh, unrealistic expectations. So, Mike, uh, you know, with uh, Sylvester Agbondo uh, spending his one graduate year with Ohio, so he's gone now, then Nate Springs, who's kind of the other guy that you would see slide at the five or stretch for from time to time. Who do you think is going to be the one that steps up and plays the majority of the minutes at the five for them this, this uh, upcoming year? Yeah, that's the million-dollar question when uh, looking at the Bobcats roster because I think if everybody's healthy, uh, I would be shocked if Jason Preston, Ben Roderick, London McDay, and Ben Vanderplas aren't all in the starting lineup. But that that leaves a pretty gaping hole at the center position. Uh, We're obviously expecting Dwight Wilson to have to sit out next season. So that leaves Sam Towns, a freshman, pretty skinny. I'm not sure if he's going to be ready physically to play. Uh, in the Mid-American Conference, uh, straight out of his prep school. Um, that kind of leaves you with Nolan Foster, Riffin Miguel, Mason McMurray, and Colin Granger. Um, I don't know enough about Miguel to uh, say that I would expect him to start or Colin Granger, um, but I think after seeing Nolan Foster and Mason McMurray, they made strides last year, but in an ideal sense, they, they probably aren't starting for one of the best teams in the Mid-American Conference. Um, so hopefully uh, a guy like Colin Granger or Riffin Miguel kind of outperforms our expectations. Um, you know, Miguel, a uh, couple, couple years at JUCO, he, he probably will be more ready to compete right away in the Mid-American Conference. So I would say it's likely going to come down between him and Nolan Foster for that starting center position. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Bobcats Ran a lot of kind of small ball with Ben Vanderplas at center. They really, uh, they really like doing that. Him and uh, him and uh, Connor Morrell uh, kind of provides some like underrated size at the wing position uh, last season. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if BVP does end up playing some center, uh, especially because some of the top centers in the league did graduate, headlined by Luke Napke at uh, at Toledo. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting. That's uh, that's kind of what. Um, what everybody is uh, wondering who, who's going to be the center for, for Ohio come, coming in day one. And another question just kind of thinking of, Jason Preston was obviously probably, you know, the the, the, uh, the best player on the team last year, and uh, he just kind of took the took it by storm. I mean, it was his first time really running the point for the team, of course, that probably has a lot to do with uh, the system that Coach Bowles brought in. So, you know, after a season like that, what, I know you'll break down a lot of films, so what do you think he can improve on to take the next step and be uh, you know, one of the best guards in the country? Yeah, well, one thing that Jason Preston really started doing at the end of the season was shooting three-pointers uh, off the dribble. Um, I know he started last year not, uh, not shooting the ball too great. In fact, against top 100 opponents, Preston was 2 for 13 from three-point line. 
which is 15%, very small sample size. That's only five games that the Bobcats did play against top 100 opponents. That, that would be used against teams like Baylor, Villanova. Uh, I believe the two games against Akron uh, would also be in there. And um, I think Utah would be the last top 100 team that the Bobcats did face. Um, but in conference games, Preston actually shot 21 for 49, which is 43% from the three-point line. Uh, if Preston is uh, attempting uh, at three three-pointers a game and, and shooting them at 40%, that, that's really going to help him out because his off-the-dribble shots, at, at least at the start of the season, uh, were, were not going in at a very high percentage, and it seemed like he really gained confidence at the end of the year. Um, he started up shooting uh, the three-point shot at uh, just a, a hair under 40%, attempting about three three-pointers a game. So I, I guess continuing his hot shooting at the end of the year um, is going to be something that I think Jason Preston is going to want to do, and it, it's very attainable for him if, uh, if he makes any slight improvements from the end of last season. You know, and Preston really came out of nowhere. Again, we're talking with Michael Roth, the sports director over at WOUB. Uh, and, and Roth, you know, Preston came out of nowhere uh, th- this past season. I mean, with the new coach, he was really able to blossom and become the player that you know, was a big, uh, I mean, he was top three I mean, last time I checked with uh, in the nation uh, in the NCAA in assists. Like, this this guy has become a real threat on a college floor uh I think exactly. I think he's really uh, in a position to make that leaps and bounds and continue to shoot hot from behind the arc and, and continue to do what he did last year. Uh, I, I've seen him all, all summer long uh, last year, and he put in the work. I saw him the other day outside uh, working out. Like This guy is just a grinder, and I think that his work ethic can really lead uh, to some really good things for Ohio next season. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Preston was a guy who you could kind of see uh, him making a big step in his sophomore campaign. You know, his freshman season, he was kind of forced to play off ball, and he, he shot the ball really poorly from the outside during his freshman year, uh, 10 for 46 from three-point range. That's, uh, that's 22%. Um, so I think knowing that Preston was going to be the starting point guard from day one, uh, you could expect him, I expected him to make a pretty sizable jump um, from his freshman campaign, but I don't think even the most optimistic uh, expectations outside of the Ohio basketball program would have, would have had Preston do, doing the type of things that uh, he did last season because, um, the, yeah, like Joey said, one of the best uh, guards in the Mid-American Conference. The Mid-American Conference really had uh, a ton of talented guards last season. Uh, you got guys like Lauren Christian Jackson, uh, Marion Jackson. I, I believe both of those guys are going to be back next year. Uh, Javon Graves, another talented guard for Buffalo. But uh, Preston was, uh, I, I'd say, besides Lauren Christian Jackson, as good as any other guard in the Mid American Conference. Um, Justin Turner, another guy who's uh, going to be near the top of the Mac and scoring once again for Bowling Green. He's actually likely to become both Bowling Green's all time leading scorer uh, shortly into his uh, senior campaign for the Falcons, so it'll be interesting to see who uh, kind of gets up at that uh, hierarchy for uh, those first-team spots in the Mid-American Conference because uh, the guard position is really loaded, but um, yeah, the, the Bobcats have a hole at center, and, and it seems like most teams in the league are uh, not really sure who they're going to be relying on uh, to get their buckets in the paint. 
Mike, I want to ask you about uh, when you know when Coach Bowles came in. The first real big signing where everybody was like, oh, "This kid's a player." Was Ben Roderick, right? And then uh, he had an injury early on uh, at his time on campus, and uh, kind of maybe held back his growth a little bit during his freshman season. He showed flashes at times. He played some pretty productive minutes in a few ball games. Uh, just how big of a jump can you see a, a guy like him taking in his sophomore season? Yeah, I mean. Uh, ben Roderick was one of the top recruits in Ohio men's basketball history. Uh, he, he was definitely rated very highly uh, among national people. Uh, 24-7 sports had him um, rated just outside the top 200 among players nationally. So, yeah, he was uh, he was one of the top recruits. And uh, it was frustrating uh, as somebody who was excited to watch Ben Roderick play. I, I actually saw him play during his high school career at Olin Tangy Liberty. Uh, he must have battled injuries there. Um, so if he can stay healthy, he, he's got a lot of potential. He, he had multiple injuries last year. You know, he misses the first couple games, um, plays sparingly against Baylor in Utah, and um, then against Detroit, he, uh, he, he made his only shot of the game before uh, getting injured again. And then it kind of took him a while to get back into the flow of things. His first game back after that second injury was the start of Mid-American Conference play, and that's really tough as a freshman because the Mid-American Conference is one of the older leagues in the country. It definitely skews towards a lot of transfers. Um, a lot of guys who have been in the program for three, four years are going to be playing heavy minutes. I mean, you look at a team like, uh, I believe, in Central Michigan. Central Michigan always has, like, six or seven JUCO transfers, so they're pretty much always going to have eight to nine upperclassmen. Um, so being hurt and then having to jump into the Mid-American Conference as a freshman, straight out of high school, because you know a lot of lot players have been taking that prep route, but uh, Ben was straight out of high school, so he was uh, a little younger than some freshmen might be, and he really did hit his stride. You know, he had 21 points against Buffalo uh, near the end of the year, and then uh, Eight, eleven, and eight in the Bobcats the last three games. That was kind of the most consistent scoring we had seen out of him. So I, I think if he uh, has obviously a healthy offseason and continues to build on what he did last year, uh, I expect him to start at the small forward position. And uh, I would not be surprised if uh, he doubles his points per game average last year. You know, he was at a six a game. Uh, I think expectations for Roderick should be anywhere between 11 and 13 points a game for his sophomore season. And Ralph, you're you're a betting guy, right? So with the Bob with the Bobcats <laughs> this year, what are you going to set the over under with with win loss? If everything goes perfectly, right, we have a normal college basketball season. Uh, what, what do you anticipate the Bobcats to to be around? Um. Well. Uh, here, give me, give me one second. Uh, I'm not sure. He's got to pull his algorithm out first. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if the out of conference schedule has been posted yet. Um, right. And, and I'm on the website. It doesn't look like it has. So, um, so we I'm gotta, gonna, uh, I'm gonna, we gotta wait to the that schedule. Part of the question. Yeah, no, that's a tough line to say, say when you don't know half the schedule. It'll be. Uh, yeah, I would say in conference, um, uh, Ohio should uh, should be shooting for. Uh, Eleven and seven, maybe twelve and six in the Mid American Conference. So I would say if you want, if you wanted to put the over under for uh, how many wins the Bobcats are going to have, I would say in MAC play, uh, probably set the line at eleven. That gives you good, good, good odds on the push, good odds on the over, and a 
going to have done the under. And there you have it. The, the over-under, over-around 11 uh, for the Ohio Bobcats coming up this winter. Yeah, Mike, I know you're excited. In conference play. In uh, conference play. Yeah, in come conference on, play. Connor. Why don't you stay yeah. on it? Yeah, anyway. I, I got it. In conference. We, we, we established that. I hope they win more than 11 total games to take uh, full, uh, full season. As, as yeah. do a lot of people. It'd be tough to finish in the top four in the MAC, winning 11 games. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, uh, Mike, I know you're. Uh, I know you're real excited about basketball being back. I see it on your uh, social media every day. Uh, you, I know you've been going out to some of these uh, camps and all right now. You know, uh, just talk about how excited you are because I know you're a high school basketball junkie. I think it was the first word you ever said to me when we met each other. To you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Ohio dropped some, uh, some pretty exciting news actually yesterday that um, overnight team camps are actually going to be allowed to be hosted um, in, a, in the press release from, uh, I believe it was OHSAA, but um, don't quote me on that. I, I think Hope you're right, too, yeah. OHSAA, huh? I think, yeah, release yes. that press, yep. So they said, for, for example, if... Uh, this is the university that they used in the press release, if the University of Findlay wanted to host an overnight team camp, uh, basketball could be back. Now, I'm not sure if um, any colleges are actually going to be taking advantage of that. Um, it's kind of interesting because, obviously, Division One uh, coaching staffs can't go anywhere outside of their own gym. I'm not even sure. I thought it was interesting that the OHSAA used a Division II school um, under that list because um, I'm not even sure if Division I schools would be allowed to host anything. Um, in a normal summer, you would have team camps at places like Ohio University, places at Ohio State University, but also you have team camps at places like Finley, Ohio Dominican, and Marietta. I know Marietta initially had plans of hosting a team camp uh, the final three days of July, uh, I'm not sure if um, they're still continuing uh, to plan to host that event, um, but that would be something that uh, high school basketball fans Southeast Ohio would probably uh, want to get out to because, um, yeah, th- there hasn't been any uh, any allowed high school action before, uh, before yesterday, and I haven't seen any uh, confirmed uh, team camps yet. Uh, I thought it was funny that they used Findlay uh, in the press release because, uh, according to uh, a high school coach by the Findlay area, uh, their their camp was scheduled for, I believe, the eighth uh, or the seventh and eighth, and that got canceled like three days ago. So, kind of uh, bad timing for them. Uh, I'm not sure if they're uh, going to look to kind of reschedule it later in the month. But uh, yeah, they they literally just went again, went ahead and canceled it, and then a couple days after they. Uh, they're the ones in the press release that are used as the example. So, yeah, we'll see what happens in terms of uh, summer summer high school basketball. There's a, there's a big AAU event going on in Fort, Fort Wayne, Indiana this weekend where uh, a bunch of the top Ohio teams will be playing. So um, if, uh, if anybody is just dying to see some good basketball, um, Fort Wayne, Indiana is going to have a lot of future uh, Division One players, maybe some uh, some guys will be playing in the Mid American Conference uh, in the not too distant future. Yeah, maybe someday, and hopefully, uh, you know, maybe some quality players coming down here to Athens. Uh, but before we let you go, Roth, we got we're running up on another break here before we got to uh, wrap up the program in about eleven minutes. However, uh, I want to ask you one quick question. Right, it, this could be uh, just throw out a word, throw out a name, uh, but the Cleveland Indians. 
right, are looking into changing their name to be more socially sensitive, more socially conscious uh, of, of the world around them, uh, just like how the Washington Redskins are looking to change their mascot. Uh, but for the Cleveland Indians right now, right, uh, Reflog underscore 18, McNeil on Twitter, put together like a betting line, right, there was a, or it's from betonline underscore ag. And there's a couple of team mascots, team names that are on that list. I think the favorite is the uh, Cleveland Spiders. Uh, the Guardians are up there, the Cleveland Buckeyes. Uh, so what what do you think in regards to the mascot for the team name? Uh, what what do you think we're going to get from Cleveland's uh, as a baseball mascot? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I probably would uh, would be a fan of the Guardians um, above uh, any of the other names. You know, not a... Uh, not a big spiders guy. Yeah, I'm agreeing. I, I, I think spiders are awful. Many people who, who love spiders, um, and, and also uh, I believe the Indians were like the worst team in the league by a mile when they had the spiders name. So um, uh, maybe maybe let's not go back to that. Um, <laughs> so it was all yeah. team name. It had nothing to do with the players out in the field. Uh, you know, looking at uh, do the Richmond Spiders have uh, much history of success? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe uh, maybe avoiding spiders uh. is going to be uh, something that uh, Cleveland wants to do. You know, they haven't won yeah. a World Series. Uh, they, they've got the longest uh, winless streak without a World Series uh, among any MLB team. Uh, so yeah, I mean the Buckeyes have a, a great history in uh, in the Buckeye State, but uh, I don't think it would make sense for. Uh, uh, the Cleveland baseball team to uh, take the name of Ohio State University. I, I think that would be a little bizarre. So, uh, yeah, I think my vote would be uh, the uh, Guardians or, yeah. I was listening in on the, we have our sister station, WXTQ, before we let you go. And they were talking about this topic in the morning, right? Because we've got Dave Machine now taking back the mornings over on Power 105. And uh, he was talking back and forth with our news guy, Bob Bayette. And, you know, Machine suggested well, why don't they just call it the Cleveland Machines? They can print out Machine's face and put it onto his jersey and stuff, and I, I got a kick out of that. Uh, but, you know, the Cleveland Machines, why not? I, I put a vote behind it for Dave Machine. Well, uh, I'm glad that the Mets fan is this Either way. Enjoy Lindor while you got him, that's all I'll say. Oh, uh, yeah, did you, did you enjoy Machado? <laughs> anyway, Roth, we appreciate your time running up to a quick break right here, but always appreciate it coming on the sports fan. Uh, and until next time. Uh, but but thank you to Michael Roth, the WOUB sports producer. Uh, always always good to have him on. Always a lot of great insight. We got to take a quick break right here on the sports fan. On the other side, we'll wrap up the show. Plus, Mahomes with a record breaking deal. We'll break it down as you're listening to the sports fan on 970 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer? Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. It helped me get my job, it helped me pay for my house. 
Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Join us each week for AutoSmarts. You'll never know who will show up. Jay Leno, welcome to AutoSmarts. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Don Garlitz, thanks for everything. Thank you so much. Bill Engvall. And Bill, how are you today, sir? I'm doing just great. The one and only Carl Edwards joins us today. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing really good, and uh, thank you for having me on. This is cool. So come on. Join in the fun. That's AutoSmarts. Friday afternoons at 106 on 970 WHH and 97.1 FM. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Local teams, local opinions. The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. And the Sports Fan right here on 970 WATH. Connor Mills and Mike alongside Joey Medor. And we got you for about six more minutes, maybe a tad less, on this sixth day of July. 6.55 now on the clock at 96 degrees and mostly sunny outside. We just had WUB sports reporter and sports uh, director, uh, Michael Roth on the program. Good to have him on. And you know he's a nice guy, Joey. But the one thing, the one th- he might have texted you maybe earlier today. Maybe he called you, but he didn't wish a happy birthday. How, how could he you not did, wish? Well, to be fair, you did hang up on him without giving him an outro for himself. So. Well, it should be the first thing that he says uh, coming right. onto the program. It is what it is. Yeah, and if he's still listening, I'll see him. He'll be he'll be down here later yeah. this week. I'll see well, him. I mean, come on, today's the day though. If he doesn't say anything today, tomorrow it doesn't matter, right? He, he texted me earlier. Did he? Okay, so at least he texted you. He didn't have to say anything over the air. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it's always good to have him on. Um, good, good guy, Michael Roth. Yeah. I, so I mentioned a little bit during the interview. Uh, Harvard says uh, that all course instruction will be online only for the 2020-2021. Uh, academic year, uh, but the undergrad tuition remains at 49653 Uh That's still a lot of money to pay for some online classes uh, at Harvard. Um, so that's, uh, that's uh, one of the reports, and if Harvard's making a move, I wouldn't be surprised if more colleges make that move, and then uh, we'll see what the sports landscape, at least at the college level, looks like uh, coming this fall, but I figured that was worth uh, making a note of maybe uh, course you know making a big note because that's uh something that can the dominoes might be in line and the first domino may have already fell uh we'll see if there's a break in that chain or not uh but the other thing the big thing here is that patrick mahomes uh has signed a 10-year contract and he will be signed through 2031 with the kansas city chiefs and for patrick mahomes he already had two years on his contract it extends it now it's a 12-year uh, 12-year deal for him. Um, $503 million. $503 million. That's what winning one Super Bowl gets you, apparently, these days now. My goodness. You but, know he makes, I mean, He's going to make more than Mike Trout. Yeah. That's good for football. If football can pay that during the pandemic yeah, no, right now. I think it's uh, it's probably a smart move for them. I mean, if they, you know, you lock them up for 10 years, you so... 
because sometimes you get like these five-year deals that are worth so much money, and then you can't uh, you can't sign anybody else. Now that they know they're going to pay him across ten years all that money, they can I guess try to move pieces around to try to keep other guys like Kelsey and Hill and Tyron Matthew and all the other stars. Because we all know, I mean, uh, no matter how great of a quarterback you are, kind of you kind of look at Aaron Rodgers with this. Or Drew Brees had some tough years in New Orleans. If you don't have the pieces around you, uh, it, it's going to be very difficult for you. That's why. Sometimes it can be seen as a little tough to tie so much money into a quarterback, but uh, I, the Chiefs kind of had to do it because uh, it looks like everybody's kind of viewing him as a generational type of talent. So I think he's worth it, though. I mean, what from what we've seen right now, Patrick Mahomes looks like he's the best quarterback in the league. Do you disagree? Uh, he... Uh, overall, talent-wise, I think Mahomes has the arm. He's got the uh, you know maneuverability in the pocket. He's got the leadership. You know, I don't know what what a flaw of Patrick Mahomes would be. I don't um, know if I can name one. I, th- I mean, he has flaws. I mean, everybody nice. does, but I mean, the, the benefit way. No, out. he's probably the best. He's probably yeah. the best quarterback at the current moment. And uh, but I feel like that could cause some older people to have a conniption because. You know, they've been watching Breeze and Rodgers and Brady and Matt, like all the same guys over and over again. So whenever, like, I've noticed this about older football fans. Whenever a new guy comes in, you know, the Deshaun Watsons, the Mahomes, the Jacksons, they all just, like, want them to fail. It's, it's, it's incredible to me. They either want him to fail or they want to wait and see what they That's the other one. Career. Well, let's yeah. wait and see. Well, I mean, he's played three se- He's played, last year was, what, his second full season. He's been in the league for three. He's won an MVP and a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP. So, you know, I think it's pretty... I think you spent your money correctly there, Kansas City, as long as you can keep the guys around them. Because if you can't, well... Man, it'll be tough. But Kansas City secures their quarterback until 2031. Ohio Bobcats are on the up and up in basketball with a lot of uh, good recruits. And, of course, we just had Michael Roth on. It was a pleasure to have him on. A happy birthday again to Joey Madour. As that's about it for the sports fan here Uh, Thanks for listening in. We'll see you tomorrow at 6.06. I'm Connor Mills, signing off. Service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H, FM.